Welcome everybody. We're so glad to have you here at East Brainerd as uh, we mentioned here earlier. Hey Wesley, you got that little um, hickey dodger that was up here? Did you grab it? Maybe I grabbed it. Did I grab it, Chad? I grabbed it. Here we go. I mean, here's how bad the eyes are, folks, okay? I have to have this little thing here to be able to see my notes, to raise them up. And now I have to wear glasses to be able to see the thing that I put on the Hickey Dodger to see my notes. So, so that's how it goes. Man, it is, um, it is rough getting, um, getting, getting older. And I know some of you have socks as old as me, but that's all right. Hey, we are in the process of trying to live intentionally for God. That, that is our goal here for 2023 and, and continuing on. We don't just want to go through the motions. We don't want to be just passive with our faith. Instead, what we want to do, we want to intentionally use what God has intentionally given for his honor and, and glory. And we have said that how this on-purpose living that we're talking about, it's not just about getting better at Christianity. That's not the purpose. It's about drawing nearer to the divine. But the more that I thought about this this week, the idea of, of drawing nearer to the divine and, and being in God's presence, as we were just talking about, it occurred to me that maybe I just haven't been wording all of this the correct way. Maybe I've just been wording some of this wrongly. Now look, I'm a word guy. Okay, I'm a word guy. I'm the one who, who reads over the homework, and, and I'm the one that writes recommendations. When on the live stream or radio broadcast for a sporting event, I'm the one who is trying to describe to everyone listening what is taking place using words, right? And every week I attempt to craft just the right words that will communicate the joy and the mercy and the love of God. And, and I think, I hope at least, that, that normally I do a pretty good job. But there are times... There are times when the right words just do not come. Like that time when I was on a date. Not with Miss Tanya, I have to say. I was on a date and I, I attempted to inform the waitress that I, I did not want any salad by saying, no salad for me, I don't do foliage. Right? I thought this was an easy way to be cute in front of my new lady friend. No salad for me, I don't do foliage. Well, when the waitress walked away, my, my date asked, well, what did you tell her? And I said, I, I told her that I don't, I don't do foliage. To which my date responded, that's not what you said. You told her that you don't do cleavage. <laughs> and no, I don't remember what I said next. I, uh, I... I mean, what do you say? Oh, yes, I do. I mean, you, I mean what, do you, what, what do you say? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, hey, I don't always say the right, the right things, okay? I don't always say the right things. So I want to change the wording on how I've been referring to our desire to live on purpose. Instead of saying that we need to live intentionally for God, I want us to start thinking about this as living intentionally with God. Nothing wrong with saying we're going to live intentionally for God. We'll continue to use that language periodically, but I want us to begin thinking about this idea of living intentionally with God, where our desire to be near the divine is the desire to daily live understanding God's presence, seeking God's presence, resting in that presence. 
I mean, truthfully, we cannot not live our lives in the presence of God. We just can't. We can't do it. In his writing letters to Malcolm, C.S. Lewis wrote, We may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. He says the world is crowded with him. The world's crowded with God, and he walks everywhere incognito. I love that visualization. Perhaps you heard him today in a song. Or maybe you have been admonished by him this week in Scripture. Maybe you've been encouraged by him through the compassion of a stranger. Or maybe you felt him on a breeze once while watching the sunrise. You see, it's that connection and it's that experience, it's that relationship that is of the utmost importance. Where, where you're no longer content with just going through the motions. And where it becomes not about an attendance at a religious event, but about participation in a kingdom movement. It's a craving for communion with God. And it's a purpose that is fueled by the spirit of the psalmist who wrote, as the deer pants for the water, as the deer longs for the streams of water, so my soul, my soul longs for you, my God. My, thir my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And the psalmist asked, well, when can I go? When can I go and meet with God? When can I go and truly be within his presence? Guys, we have to desire more than just a brief glimpse of him. More than just a passing thought. We need to have within our mind this idea of, when can I get to go to meet with God? When, when, can, I, when I, can I see God more clearly? Well, at the beginning of John's gospel, Jesus was a relatively new figure on the religious landscape. Now, there were some rumors that were surrounding him about his birth, about his teaching, about his power. And yet the biggest name in the religious circles of that time was, was not Jesus, but a guy named John. A guy known as John the Washing Man. He was that locust-eating, wild-beer-growing, fearless preacher who lived out in the woods somewhere and, and kept repeating obscure religious writings from centuries earlier. Well, one day, John was at the Jordan River, and he was preaching and, and baptizing when he suddenly stopped everything that he was doing to make a very mysterious but a very powerful declaration. You see, he saw Jesus, and, and when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold! The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now when two of the washing man's disciples heard him say the exact same thing the next day, we are told that they followed Jesus. They wanted to investigate. They wanted to understand more. And Jesus, when he realized that these guys had, had joined in his entourage, he stopped and he asked them, well, what do you want? Well, why are you here, basically, is what he's saying. Now, I don't know if they expected Jesus to talk to them. I don't know if they were kind of hoping just to remain in the background. I don't know if, if they just ran right up to this strange rabbi. Maybe they got one on each side and, and began talking to him. What I do know is that their words or, or their answer doesn't make a lot of sense. Perhaps they were just starstruck. Maybe they argue with one another. You say something. No, you, you say something. Well, just tell him we don't do foliage. Just, just something. Tell him something. And eventually, they answered Jesus, and they answered with a question of their own. So they asked them, where are you staying? What a great opening line, right? Jesus says, what do you want? And they say, what's your address, Jesus? What is your address? Where is it? What neighborhood? Where is it that you're camping? We would just like to, we would just like to know. Now, 
their response actually maybe isn't as bad as we first kind of think. When they say, where are you, stay, where are you staying? They're using a word that Jesus actually would use later in talking to his disciples. And it's a word that you heard Jesus use just a few minutes ago. As I was reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, when Jesus said, abide in me and I in you, remain in me, stay in me. He used the same word that these disciples asked when they, they said, hey, where is it that you're remaining? Where is it that you are abiding? That's what they're asking. Where are you dwelling? Where are you going to be? Because that's where we want to go. We want to go and, and be with you. We want to remain with you. We want to abide with you. You see, these inquisitive disciples actually give us great insight as to how we can live on purpose. Maybe all through this year, the first couple of months, you've been saying, man, I really want to be more intentional in my faith. And I know that during February, we kind of focused in specifically on how that faith expresses itself through love, and we kind of just dug in there for a while. And in January, we were talking more about, all right, how have you been gifted, and how is it that you're treating the people that are around you? And you've been saying, I really want to be more intentional. I don't just want to go through the motions. I think a key when it comes to living with God or for God is just learning to abide in his presence. Learning to abide in his presence. Guys, we look around and our lives are filled with so many demands. We've got so many expectations, so many problems, and, and we don't always know where to focus. But we, we don't always know or where to go. We don't know how to get there. In the midst of all this fog, Jesus, well, he shines like a north star, and he says, well, come to me. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, remain in me. Remain in me, and you're going to produce so much fruit. You see, this abiding with Jesus equals rest and reward. Rest and reward. And isn't that what we all say oftentimes that we want? We say, man, I just wish that I could rest. I wish that I could relax. I wish I wasn't so anxious. I wish I wasn't so often in a hurry. We say, I want my life to have impact. I want there to be meaning. I want to accomplish something. I want to be able to look back on my life and say, man, there's a purpose that I was here. There was a reason that I drew breath. And Jesus says, stay close to me and you will find restful peace and you will enjoy a rewarding and fruitful life. All right, so how does it happen? Well, I think abiding begins with a glimpse of Jesus. A glimpse of Jesus. These early disciples didn't know the ins and outs of who Jesus was. They had a vague idea, similar to you when you were first perhaps baptized into Christ as our young friends today. You had an idea you weren't able to articulate all the ins and outs of, of theology. You didn't know everything from Genesis to Revelation. But, but you had an idea of who Jesus was. Now for these early disciples, in their minds, perhaps he was the coming Messiah. Perhaps he was going to be this great political leader. Maybe he was going to be a general or some charismatic revolutionary who would help free their people from the rule of the Roman oppression. Maybe he would be the one that would return to them their former glory. Like in the days of King David, could it be that this was the guy? They got a glimpse of him. They heard about his teaching. They saw something. They wanted to investigate more. 
And maybe that's why they returned Jesus' question with one of their own. These two guys looked at each other, and when Jesus said, hey, what do you want? They're like, I don't really know. But I'm pretty sure that I want to be where you are. We're pretty sure that wherever it is that you're going, that we want to go there too. And guys, that's how it begins for all of us. To truly abide in Christ, we must start with a, with a glimpse of Christ. That's what begins the journey. And, and it's in that glimpse that, that we see him and that we begin to understand the true power that he has, that he calls into our attention this focus on eternity. He grabs our imagination. Our love is captured. And our lives start to become less and less complex and less and less about us. You see, no matter who you are, the entire time that you have been journeying with Jesus, hopefully you have become to understand him more. Hopefully you are further along in that journey and, and your abiding presence. Hopefully you are further along when it comes to seeing Jesus and seeing God present in your life. You're not at the same point that these young ladies are. You're not at the same point that someone who just came to faith a year ago or two years ago. Some of you are much further down the road. But have you, have you started keeping Jesus at a distance? Where you gained a glimpse of him years ago. But because of time, because of choices, because of just life, you look around and you say, you know what? Jesus is not nearly as clear to me today as he was to those young girls in their baptism. Friends, in our lead up to Easter, I want to encourage you to read through one of the four gospel narratives that's in your New Testament. You can actually divide it up chapter per week. Okay, if you are um, somebody that just loves to get into the text and read, you can go to Matthew and read five and a half chapters a week and you'll end up there with the resurrection right as we get into Easter. Luke, you can read five chapters a week. John goes four. And for those of you, it's like, I just can't focus. Mark, just read three. There you go. Okay, there's a gospel for everybody, depending on your time and depending on what it is that you have going on. But guys, these readings will give you a glimpse. It'll give you a glimpse of the majesty of Jesus, but it'll also give you a glimpse of the humanity of Jesus. You will see both his passion and his compassion. You will witness his teachings, and you will see his life, and you will have a front row seat for his death and his resurrection. You will catch a glimpse of Jesus that maybe you have never seen before, or maybe it's one that you have forgotten. Maybe some of you, you have deep theological backgrounds. Maybe you know better the answers than, than these two guys did. Or maybe you're just hearing about him. Maybe you're just hearing about him for the first time. Regardless of where it is and where you are on that journey, abiding in Jesus begins not when we first hear about him, but when we first encounter him. And we find ourselves so enthralled by that vision that we know we need more. It's not enough just to come and hear somebody speak about him week after week and hear some messages about Jesus without actually investigating it for yourself. Without going and allowing those stories to seep into your life and asking yourself, I wonder if Jesus would treat me the way that he treated this person. I wonder if Jesus would have the same patience with me. I wonder if Jesus would, would, would he show the same love for me that he showed here? It's not about just hearing, but encountering. 
And the thing is, we don't have to sit around and wait for it to happen. These, these early disciples didn't. They didn't wait. Though abiding begins with a glimpse of Jesus, it continues with an intentional choice. You see, abiding, that's what it is. It's an intentional choice that we make to be in that eternal presence of God. Spring break is right around the corner. How many of you guys have already got your spring break plans? Go ahead, raise your hand. Go ahead, put us all to shame if you got them. Spring break plans. These are the people who will not be here for like the next four weeks, okay? You're not going to see these people. They're going to be gone. Spring breaks are about to um, kick off and, and get started. Uh, by the way, don't forget, you've got to set your clock up next week. Oh, man. going to lose an hour at your spring break if that's what's starting. But it's right around the corner, and that means that, that some of you are going to be spending time on the lake. And the clouds are going to be minimal, and the wind is going to be even less, and you're just going to cruise and paddle along to your favorite location. And for an hour or two, or maybe the entire day, you're going to fish, or you're going to practice cannonballs, or, or you're going to throw one another off the boat, or you're going to tie yourself to the back of the boat on, on some bouncy rubber thing, and, and hope that you're able to return home safely. But you inevitably, on that trip, you're going to have to restart and reposition the boat as you begin to notice that your position on the water has changed. And the reason is that you began to drift. You didn't mean to move. You didn't mean to change your position. But because the current is always constant, you are always moving, whether you recognize it or not. You see, when you're out on the lake, unless you choose to take an active effort against doing so, you are going to drift. And the same thing happens in all areas of our life. It's bound to, to happen without intentionality. You might want to cut down on your spending this year, but without intentionality, you're just going to drift from that vision. You might want to eat less sugar this year, consume less, but unless you pay attention, unless you count, you're going to drift from your goals. You might intend to, to read more and binge watch less, but unless you take an active measure to do so, you are going to drift. And when you do nothing, you just drift. You just drift along, and despite all your good intentions, and despite all the grandiose claims, and all the resolute statements, you are always going to drift. And here's the deal. No one ever drifts toward Jesus. No one ever drifts towards Jesus. No one ever did nothing and woke up closer to Jesus the next day than what they were before. We drift away from him. We don't drift toward him. And if you want to move toward Jesus, it's going to take an active stance against the current that is always moving us further and further out. It's why the writer in Hebrews tells us to do something very simple, and yet it's very profound. The writer says we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. Pay attention. Focus. Because if you're not paying active attention, you're going to drift. And if you drift, it's always going to be away from Jesus, not toward him. And so you look at your life right now, and I just got to ask you, where are you on that journey? Where are you on that journey down the river with Jesus? Have you drifted where now Jesus is at a distance? You see, as life becomes more and more hurried and complex, Guys, we have to make intentional choices about where we want to focus ourselves. All right? Just like our teens over here who are focused on their phones. you got to make an intentional choice on what it is that you're going to focus on. 
Because if we don't, our natural course is just to drift further from Jesus and not toward him. We're going to stumble into abiding, we think. But we've got to make this intentional choice to meet Jesus where he is. And so as Easter approaches, here's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. We're going to encourage you to read Scripture. We're going to encourage you to read Scripture. Stephen's going to focus on that this next week. We're going to, um, we're going to encourage you to listen to music that has a spiritual focus. We're going to encourage you to download a religious podcast. We're going to encourage you to pray and to fast. We're going to encourage you to join us in weekly communion. We're going to encourage you to be baptized over these next few weeks. All of this helping us draw closer to Jesus. Wherever it is that Jesus is staying, that is where we want to be. It's where we want to go. It's where we want to remain and where we want to abide. You see, back in John's gospel, there's one other detail that lets us know about what this spirit of abiding is like. He actually records the time that the disciples began to follow Jesus. It's about four o'clock in the afternoon. And then he goes on to say that they stayed all day with him. Stayed all day. He dropped this in there as if to say, can you believe it? The disciples, they looked up and they're like, whoa, where's the time gone? Hey, well, we just wanted to know where you were staying. We just wanted to spend a little time with you. And now they look around and they realize, you know what? The day is gone and we have spent the entire time with Jesus. Rather than checking for messages on their iPhone or worrying about what is to come next, these men were lost in holy communion. Suddenly, all of the aspects of their life, all other focuses of their life that were crowding in didn't seem so important because close proximity leads to a changed perspective. Close proximity leads to a changed perspective. The closer a person gets to Jesus, the more that person sees themselves and their life differently. Perhaps it's just time for us to stop keeping Jesus at a distance. I want us to think about that aspect today as we, as we close out this time together. I've, I've chosen a song that uh, is going to play here in just a minute. And, and I just want you to, to sit there and just listen. Though the words are going to scroll on the screen as casting crowns sing. But I just want you to sit and, and read the words or sit with your eyes shut and just, and just listen to a song that that speaks of keeping Jesus at a distance. And I want you to evaluate your own life. I mean, there's no use coming together and, and, and talking about being in the presence of God and sharing communion and if we're not at least going to do a little bit of an evaluation, right? And kind of see where we are. Maybe it's time we stop keeping Jesus at a distance. For those of you who are watching online, we're actually going to pause the online broadcast right now because we don't own the rights to to this music, and we're not able to put it out over, um, over the um, interwebs, as they're called. So we're going to pause that for a moment, and for the rest of us, we're just going to pause and listen. Wherever Jesus is, is where we should want to be. I pray that we'll use these days leading up to Easter to do life with God. So church, where are you staying? Where are you staying? May it always be in the presence of God. 
If you'd like to have some time to consider this message and have some time in individual prayer, I want you to know that there's a prayer room that's located in our lobby. You're welcome to go there. One of our elders will be in that room, and you can have a chance to, to have a conversation if you'd like. Maybe you'd like to be baptized into Christ this morning after seeing the examples of Alan and Mila. Whatever it is that uh, you desire, if there's something you'd like to um, share with this church family, we'd love to be able to hear from you. We're going to stand and encourage one another in song. Thanks so much for being here today.